Welcome to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by ChristianMusicMarketing.com. We are here to help Christian musicians, songwriters, and artists connect with one another, learn from one another, and to pull back the curtain to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the Christian music industry. Let's get started. Well, welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. We're super excited to be hosting Natalie Lane today. I wish we could insert sounds, you know? Yeah. Um, But we want to kick it off with some rapid fire questions. And these are mostly just fun. So don't stress. Okay. Um, Okay. So let's start here. Uh, On a scale of one to 10, how cool are you? How cool am I? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I would (laughs) kind of cool. I don't know. Okay. That's Uh, great. Um. Um, let's say 10 and just go, okay. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Okay. Where would you go if you were invisible? If I was invisible, oh, I would go to like award shows and stuff like the Grammys and the Emmys and like, I would be at all those all the time. <laughs> That's a yeah. great response. Um, what's a TV sitcom family you'd want to be a member of? Okay, listen, my favorite TV show of all time is Friends. And that's not, but it, it is, you know? That would, I would be one of the friends. And technically, you could be Ross and Monica's sibling, right? Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what that dynamic would be like, but you technically could do that. Could be interesting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Use one word to describe your computer ability. <laughs> like my <laughs> technical person. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this um, question's so funny. <laughs> it's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I learn a lot. Yeah, I'm learning a lot, you know, but it's still questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Okay, let's do one more. What is the worst haircut? that you've ever had <laughs> that's a good story <laughs> that's a good question to ask me actually because when I was okay I was probably in junior high and that time's already rough you know um but <laughs> we decided it'd be a good idea for my mom to give me a haircut just save some you know <laughs> but that was our first mistake my mom's incredible <laughs> yeah, so she's lovely and wonderful but she cut my hair like one side was about this long and one side was like this long. Oh gosh. And it was not, I was like, mom, this is not working. She knew it wasn't working. She tried to fix it, it got worse. So she took me to a place to get it fixed. And then it was like a bob, which I never wanted. <laughs> it was a rough time. They mean so well, you know, but literally every bad haircut story I've ever heard starts with so to save some money one summer, my mom, et cetera. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> my mom cut my hair when I was a kid for years. And then my upgrade was my uncle cutting it. <laughs> so, which, I mean, granted, they both had experience cutting hair. So it wasn't horrible. But <laughs> I, my, like, my grandma cut hair professionally. I don't know why we didn't mm. think do that. <laughs> We weren't that smart, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, Natalie, that was a lot of fun. Um, 
I'd love to hear your story of like how you, you know, got started in music. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, um, I've been playing music all my life. I like to say like my family was such a musical family that I kind of didn't have a choice. Like it was going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, my, my grandma was, was a, my other grandma, not the one that cuts hair. Um, my other grandma was a professional piano teacher. Oh. Taught me piano all growing up. And, um, so I started even before that with um, like a little group piano class when I was three. Wow. And, so, <laughs> and I, my parents were so smart about it too, because they, when I was really little, they just like put a piano at my level, like a little kid piano, and I would just bang on it all the time. And so um, even though my family was really, really musical, like <clears throat> they never had to force me to do it. Like I loved the piano from a super young age. So I just remember like being little and finding melodies and like loving, just loving music and discovering mm -hmm. things. Um, and so I took piano lessons my, my whole life and played classical music and learned to play by ear and played at church and <clears throat> all that stuff. And so um, then when I was in, in high school, I really started getting serious about like, I think I want to be an artist. Like mm. maybe I should um, start recording some songs. And my parents were so supportive of like, yeah, let's get you out there. Let's find some producers that you could work with. And um, so my last year of high school, I recorded my first EP and then decided I was going to go to Belmont in Nashville. Um, so my whole life has been like <laughs> music upon music upon music, like getting me here and mm. I'm grateful for all the people that have really encouraged Zach throughout my life too. So, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Where are you from originally? I'm from Colorado Springs. Oh. I grew up there until I was 18 and then I've been in Nashville ever since. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. What, um, what do you feel like along the way thing? <clears throat> I guess maybe something hard or something like a lesson you learned that's pivotal in your own mind. Cause you, yeah. you now have been doing it for quite some time. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. What's something big that sticks out in your mind. That's like a big lesson that you've learned, man. This is something I was thinking about even this week. Like I feel like a lot of artists, especially younger artists that are figuring it out, you know, mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they watch what's happening in, in their genre or um, with the people around them or in their city. And it's overwhelming in Nashville, everything that you see. And they watch all of that and like, I guess, try to assimilate the mm -hmm. best thing they see, which, you know, can be a good strategy. But I think just the sooner that you learn to be yourself is like, it is the best lesson you can learn. And you hear that from everybody. It's like, that's not helpful, Natalie. I don't know. But like, that's just, that's something I've even been thinking about this week is like, how do I now like, just be that little girl that's sick and like be that, you know, I just want to be that same person. And like, continue to just, and, um, just be so wrapped up in the music and like, I don't know it, I think the sooner you can learn that, that it's not about um, being like that or being the coolest in your genre or being the whatever, like I, whatever is the thing that people 
um, kind of gravitate towards doing or, or try to assimilate for other, from other people, but like, like what really feels like me? And I think that if we're thinking mm -hmm. of that, we do every day, does this feel like me? Like, does this feel like something God's calling me to, or does this, like, is this my path? Like if we're running everything through that, I think that that, the sooner we can learn that, the better. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with being yourself, uh, I think a lot of times it's hard when you think about like social media, you know, like the you know, pressure of trying to, you know, have the perfect post and all of that. Uh, I think one of probably the most intimidating platforms as far as social media goes is probably TikTok right yeah. now because it's all video and you have to really be engaging. You know, you can't just like throw something up. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like you've done a great job as an independent artist to really engage people and like grow, you know, your TikTok platform. So tell us about how you even like, you know, decided to start doing TikToks and then what caused you to have like that much growth on your TikTok? Yes. Um, this is a whole crazy part of the story. <laughs> um, I guess it started at the beginning of quarantine, um, mm -hmm. which I think pushed TikTok as a platform in general, you know, yeah. but it was on it big time. Um, and so <laughs> I like was at a point in my, um, I don't know, relationship with social media or whatever, where I was like, this is just already a lot like, I'm I'm juggling different platforms already and people were saying to me, you know, it's really important that you get TikTok. It's like helping musicians a lot. Like it's important that you're on the front side of it to like be there before everybody realizes it's so good. Like <laughs> um and I was like, Yeah, yeah, like I don't wanna get like I just said no, 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 no. And then um my producer was like, Nat, I really think like I really think you should just try a few <laughs> like I'll I'll try, you know. Um, and so I started just posting one or two videos a week of like original songs. And this is one thing that like at the beginning too, I just, I watched a lot of artists on TikTok and was like, what's working? Like, and that was helpful for me, but it eventually got to, okay, my original songs are where people like get me the most, you know, and feel my honesty and my authenticity. And so I'm that, that's what I need to do. And so mm. I would just. I would just post little snippets, like a verse and chorus or just a verse or whatever um, of songs I was working on and try to involve mm. people. They like, what do you think? Like, should I change this part? Should I add on to this part? What do you think of this change? And like involve them in the songwriting mm. process, which I hadn't seen a lot of people doing and got a lot of engagement. People were like, ooh, I'm part, I'm part of this, you know? Mm. Um, and that was cool to see people like really, yeah, just, just feel like they're a part of something and and so it, it did take a while. My first, it was, you know, discouraging at first to be like, no one's yeah. seen, you know? <laughs> and I think that everybody experiences that, but um, it took, I don't know, maybe 30 videos. And then just like randomly, I thought there was nothing different about this video. It was just one week, bam, 2.5. Can you say how many videos again? 30, probably. 30 videos. Yeah. So I just want people to hear that because a lot of times after three videos, we want to quit. <laughs> yeah. And there had been like a little bit of growth over that time, mm -hmm. but it was crazy. I, you know, um, I had maybe a couple thousand followers at that point or 
because yeah, videos had been getting out there a little more. I was getting what was working, but yeah, about 30 videos in one just hit and got like 2.5 million views. And mm. I was, Oh, Oh, oh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, one video with that kind of engagement gets you like 75,000 followers or whatever. Like it's, it, it's a it's 24 mm -hmm. hours turns it around. So <laughs> that wow. Oh, and um, opened up a lot of doors and people started reaching out and the music started getting out there and um, kind of kept going with that. And it, it was great because my second like viral video, whatever you in the millions um, was around the time that I released Steady. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was awesome because it started pushing that song, too. And and that was where I really saw it be worth it, because like, um people were getting to hear this music about Jesus and like, we're saying, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know that this was a Jesus song. I don't listen to Christian music, but I love this. And like, I'm getting, you know, I get this. And so it was, it was cool to see, wow. to see that kind of turn around, but still yeah. going discouraging at times, but it's like, so worth it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing to hear uh, just how building your TikTok platform, really help boost you know your music side of things uh, i even heard like an a and r person at a large label say that it takes about 26 releases before an artist breaks so when you think about even TikTok, you know after 30 videos um and i've even often challenged artists to do like a 30 day challenge actually <laughs> say post at least like three videos a day for 30 days and see if that doesn't actually impact what you're doing you know yeah. Um, which, like, the doing part every day is the hard part. <laughs> of course, we want to all see results. Um, mm -hmm. And it's discouraging when, like, you do three <laughs> videos and, you know, most of them get, like, under 100. But then you just keep doing it and you, you know, really put in the discipline to do it. And then it all makes it worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. What, how did you decide, I mean, I hear, I hear you say, like, you looked at kind of what other artists were doing, and you, you know, you're watching that, and you're like, this seems to work, this is not working for them, you know, whatever. How did you really decide, though, like, are you just naturally creative, and you started thinking, like, okay, what could I do that feels authentic to, like, me, who I am? Is that where you got the idea to start bringing people into the process, or had you seen someone do that and thought... That feels cool yeah. or, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think I kind of put some things together along the way of like, <clears throat> like, okay, like engagement's important, right? So how can I get people to engage with mm -hmm. me? Not in a way of like, like, share, subscribe, you know, because people hear that, people block that out. <laughs> not, you know. Um, but in a way of like, let's create something together. And mm -hmm. so I, I started, I started thinking about that. Like how, how could I get them involved in this process while keeping them in the app, you know, and not sending them somewhere else. And like, it being, you know, I need to keep them right here. Um, so I think that was the tricky part of like, I can't have people like send in options. Like it needs to be here in the comments. Like we're creating a community. So and now I think now you see more people doing that of like, mm -hmm. here's like 
option A, B, or C, what's your favorite? You know, like <laughs> you see that a lot. Um, where I think you didn't at the at the beginning. And so people are getting like, we need to, we need people to be involved in this. And I just think it's, I think it's fun too. When people are scrolling along and can be like, oh, this is like my community, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so it was that, but it was also like, oh, I really enjoy putting out original songs. And um, it's really, it's also helpful for my songwriting process to be like, okay, yeah. I'm putting out songs a lot, you know, <laughs> like I need to be, <laughs> Right and writing a lot and writing, you know, writing for fun and writing for TikTok and those are the same a lot of the time. And sometimes I have to really try and push for the TikTok songs or whatever. Um, and that's cool because like God's using those too. So mm. yeah, so it's been cool to see like like the engagement with it, but also the way it's it really does hit people. Like because I'm kind of. The for you page is a strange thing, right? It like <laughs> invites you in randomly to someone's day at midnight if they're scrolling mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I've seen people say too, like, man, I haven't smiled in six weeks. I'm going through depression mm -hmm. for the first time. Like that kind of stuff is like, oh, like people are engaging with this and, and well, it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's together, but it, yeah. it can, and you continue to have to be creative with it. Yeah. I'm curious, um, I'd love to hear if you can remember how long it took for you to do like the first few TikTok videos, like from start to finish, you know, recording it to like publishing it, and then also how long it takes you now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, um, probably at the beginning, just because I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I had to, I had to do, you know, several takes, which I still do. And people assume it's just like a one take, throw it up, five yeah. minutes. Not the case. <laughs> <laughs> All, you know, um, it's a way more difficult and time consuming platform than like anything else I've found. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning, I probably, it probably took me an hour to make one video, you know, um, between takes, finding the right take, overlaying the words, mm. <laughs> like so long. And I used to be slow at that. That's probably where I've like grown the most as far as efficiency. Like, mm. yeah, at the beginning, I'm like, this takes forever. How did you be <laughs> day? Like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. so, and now it probably takes me 30 minutes between takes picking the take, overlaying the text, which now I can do fast. Um, yeah. And then all the details of it too, the caption and the hashtags. And, you know. mm. It's all important, but mm -hmm. TikTok will push great videos. So that's also encouraging is like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep pushing for great videos and I can trust that like the good ones are gonna do well, mm. so yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I I love hearing about people on TikTok because I think even what you're speaking to and what TikTok does so well is because the platform is a little bit cumbersome to figure out, it creates this kind of like gateway barrier, you know, where yeah. like you have to be invested in doing it in order to make high quality TikToks. Yeah. But then the other piece of it to me is like even what you're kind of saying is – People who are successful on TikTok 
seem to have identified something that they value or are good at or that's engaging about them uniquely. And then they just like lean into that as hard as they can. And then it seems like TikTok often rewards that. So it's kind of this like when you get comfortable enough to be yourself and like for you, it was how do I invite people into the writing process, which is one of the most important parts to me of being an artist. And then as soon as you did that, it's like the reward for you probably is, is the, you know, the growth and stuff, but also is just the fact that other people want to engage with you and, you know, write the songs with you and make them together. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's wild, honestly. Sometimes I still look at it. I'm like, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's been about a year now that I've been, um, wow. that I've been. It's still wild to me. Yeah. That's awesome that you've been, you know, faithfully doing that and continuing to like see growth happen. Um, I'm curious, maybe you have never experienced this, but I'm curious if you've had any like haters or trolls. <laughs> whether it's TikTok or Instagram or just your music in general um, and how you typically respond or like deal with those. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to know if, if millions of people are engaging with you, there are going to be, yes, yeah. there are going to be people who think what you're doing is just horrible and wrong or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it surprised me at first. I was like, like, like do we not have better things to do than like <laughs> that? like I don't know it surprised me at first but like um I'm trying to remember even some of the early ones like um you know people will say silly things like um like that chord should have been g7 on the second or like <laughs> why this melody like it would have been good if you did that. Like, there's that kind of stuff. But then yeah. Like those I laugh about, right? But the ones that are like, oh, this feels inauthentic and you can't possibly be serious or whatever. Like mm. that, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. That's the thing. Like I want, I just want you to get me through this platform or whatever. Like, and so those would like hit me different, you know? But I just still like always have to think like, Truly, like, there are a select few people that I really care about their opinion. And, like, if they think that this thing that I'm doing is good, then I'm good, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, the people that are saying these things don't know me at all, have never met me. Like, so they're entitled to whatever opinion they have. And, like, that's fine. And I just... Mm -hmm. I need to just let that roll off my back because it's not, those aren't my people, you know? Um, So I think I've had to continue with that mindset just as things grow and um, you get more of that and (laughs) just have to be like, like, where, where are my people? And like the people I'm making music with my team, like I really care about Mm. what Mm -hmm. of this. Right. And if they have a problem with it, then we're going to talk about it. But if people on the internet have a problem with it, it's like, that's kind of funny, you know, <laughs> like it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And enough people yeah. are doing a certain thing, then we, we look at it, you know, um, but it's just not worth the, not worth it. So. Yeah. It's no. easy for artists because it, you know, your art is so close to you. 
to let that get to your head and then just get discouraged or you you know feel down but uh, i think what you said is so important that you choose who you let speak into what you're doing not the internet and whoever else <laughs> whoever wants to comment on your posts because there are a lot of keyboard warriors out there that are just you know typing away they're literally you know living in their mom's basement doing nothing productive uh in society so there's a lot of haters because they just can't do anything they're not you know motivated they're not going out there and doing anything to actually impact society and one thing i think um uh, to remember is when you have those things happen to you that's because you're making an impact you know like your stuff is getting out there if you don't hear anything negative that means you're probably not reaching a lot of people yeah uh, yeah because i even like a while back when there was like periscope you know before it like integrated into twitter i was doing periscopes um i did one with a songwriter um james teeley and apparently when we were live <laughs> i didn't realize till like uh several minutes into it but somebody <laughs> was on there like being super racist <laughs> towards me oh my god and yeah i guess like people watching like started reporting him but yeah. you know there's just crazy people out there that and you can't really stop them <laughs> yeah. but you can decide yeah. what you do about that you know so um one random question that somebody asked i'm curious about is what's in your mug <laughs> it's coffee it's always coffee <laughs> how do you drink your coffee i I just like classic, a little cream and sugar, you know? Um, yeah, I tried for a while to get to like drinking it black and just, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You can do it. It takes, it takes time, but yeah. you, can get, you can get there. <laughs> um, one thing I'm curious about, and I want to give you a chance to talk about it because it just came out, but mm. your latest single is Something Good Is Coming. And it's awesome. So if anyone's watching this and hasn't listened to it yet, you need to go check it out. But I feel like, and maybe I'm interpreting it incorrectly, so also shoot me down. But I feel like the song feels like spring yeah. the same way that it's, it speaks about that. And I'm just curious if, obviously, if all of that was intentional and or like when you were writing that song, were you going through something where you're trying to remind yourself that eventually you know, like spring always comes after the winter, you know, that kind of thing. And what's kind of the story there, I guess. Yes, all of that. Um, <laughs> so my team on an EP right now called Castles. And cool. it's all in singles. So something good is coming is the third single of five. Um, okay. And we were hoping that as we release, it would kind of be like, feel like a story. Um, the first two were steady and constant, which we wrote like during quarantine, you know, where just everything felt shaken and needed that of the Lord's faithfulness and um, consistency. And so coming out of that, we kind of felt like, you know, writing something good is coming was like the next thing, like to look toward mm -hmm. um, a new year, a new time, and um, just kind of to bring hope into some of that. And I remember just sitting down with the writers in September, probably, um, when things were still, you know, crazy and we didn't know what was going on. But just talking about how, like, what God does is, like, you know, he brings spring out of winter every time. That's the rhythm of the seasons. And 
he brings resurrection out of death every time and it takes death for that to happen and mm. he brings streams in the wilderness and like that's just that's what god does that's who he is and so the fact that we're in what feels like winter for a lot of people right now is actually a really good sign because it means spring is coming right um because it has to that's the rhythm of the seasons and that's what god does and so we were just kind of talking about that concept and like needing to remind people that like something good's coming. There's not like, there's no way it can't because like, that's just how things go. You know, that's, that's what God does. That's how he made the world to work. And so um, we can trust that that's coming. And so we, we were just writing the song and like, it was one of those where we were in this session and like, we really were fighting for every lyric. Like this has to be strong. This has to be strong. We have to go like, because we knew it was special and we knew it was like, um, it was what we were needing. And so we were hoping that it would be what people were needing too. And so mm. we, yeah, we worked hard on it and felt like that was the right spot for it as we go mm. into like, the next couple singles and like God's creating something new in us and out of us and um so we're excited for what's coming too but yeah listen to something good is coming and then there's there's a new single coming soon but i can't talk today too much <laughs> <laughs> no that's really cool yeah you should all go check out something good is coming and constant and steady but specifically something good is coming it's just such a nice refreshing kind of like summer tune and it just feels great yeah <laughs> so make sure you check it out um, Natalie, is there anything else you want to tell everybody about or promote for a second? Um, there are lots of shows happening this summer. Oh. And exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, there's some festivals happening. Um, next Friday, I'm opening for We the Kingdom and Chris Tomlin. Oh, nice. And it's going to be awesome. And so that one's in South Bend, Indiana. If you're in the area, you can check out all this stuff on my Instagram or natalielanemusic.com. So they're all there, but I'm excited to play some live music. Oh, yeah. That is amazing. Congratulations. It's going to be so fun. And if any of you who are watching this are in Indiana, I don't even care if you're not in South Bend, but you better get out there and bring your Natalie Lane sign and <laughs> be there for her. Yeah. <laughs> but Natalie, it was great to have you on. Thank you so much for talking with all of us and sharing all your TikTok wisdom and <laughs> all about your music. And oh, look, someone said, did you say South Bend? Go to my page right now. There's tickets. <laughs> there you go. Well, we hope you guys have a great day. Thank you again, Natalie, for being here. And Wisdom and I will be back next week. Same time and place. Thank Bye, you, guys. guys. All right, yeah. see Bye. Thank you for listening to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by Christian Music Marketing. To find out how we can partner with you to increase your impact and influence with integrity, please visit our website, christianmusicmarketing.com, or check us out on Instagram, at christianmusicmarketing. See you next time.